This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons, tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Good evening, my friend. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Doing much better than I was two weeks ago. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And um, everybody, welcome back. We're continuing the marathon tonight. Please invite a friend to come out and tune in to us. Uh, We're live with Dr. Philip Morris coming to you from Texas. My friend, do you want to open us in prayer? Yes, sir. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, for this avenue that you have uh, made available through Shannon. And and I thank you, Father God. I pray the blessings upon uh, this Omega Man Radio and Shannon and his family. I thank you, Father God, for that. And, Lord, I pray tonight that you use me as your instrument to teach your word. And, Lord, we ask you to anoint our ears to hear that we might hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. And we thank you, and we praise you, and we submit to you, God. And in the name of Jesus, we know the devil will run. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I say amen to that. Uh, Brother Morris, before you bring the teaching, for those that may be listening for the first time, tell us about your ministry, how they can find you, and also uh, the deliverance schools that you're running. Yes, yes, yes. Well, our our ministry is in Highlands, Texas. We're right on the east side of Houston. We're actually from our church to right downtown Houston is 21 miles, right out I-10 East in Highlands, Texas. And uh, you can get a hold of our church at 281-843-4000, or you can go to the webpage, RC Highlands, at RC for Restoration Church. RC Highlands with an S on the end of it dot com and uh, you can go to my webpage which is uh, Dr. P. Morse no Dr. Philip Morse dot org Dr. Philip Morse dot org and on my webpage is all my teachings all the the 
teachings on deliverance, all, anything that you need, the books I've written and everything else. And but, but the next in two weeks, um, I'm starting my schools. Every two years, I do four schools of deliverance. I start with a basic school, then I go to an intermediate, then to an advanced, and then the last one is is talking about psychological things, more into the multiple personality and and psychological disorder stuff. Uh, it's kind of an advanced, advanced one, you know. And uh, but anyway, uh, the February the first, second, and third is the first school, and if you come here to the church. For the school, it's Thursday night at 7 o'clock, Friday night at 7 o'clock, and 10 o'clock to about 5 on Saturday, uh, 5, 6 o'clock, somewhere around there, wherever we get done. Anyway, uh, at the church here, if you come, if you pre-register, it's $75 for the whole weekend. And then it's if you come at the door, it's $100 at the door. If you want to listen to it around the world like you are right now, and you want to go through the whole school, get a hold of us. Call, uh, go to our webpage, rchighlands.com, rchighlands.com, and go on there where it says donate, and donate the $75. And then on the bottom down there, it's got a, an email, info at rchighlands. Send us an email with your name, of course, with your email, and we will email you back the syllabus because it's it's a, a syllabus, you know, it, and the syllabus is about 20 pages. And uh, <clears throat> we email that to you. You can print that off. And then we will send you the code so that you can go online and listen to it on Zoom. <clears throat> Excuse me. We do that on Zoom. And uh, we just started doing that. Uh, a couple of years ago, and man, it just really had a great, uh, you know, great result out of that because more people could do it, you know, and they don't have to come here to Texas, you know. And so, anyway, that's uh, February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, and uh, register ahead of time so that we can get you and get you that syllabus to you. And uh, it's, I build, it just builds one after another, building on that and teaching you how to do deliverance and showing you areas and, and different things about spiritual warfare. And so it's really schools. I had, I had a person come one time to one of the schools and she gave us testimony. She said, you know, she said, I've been to three different schools dealing with spiritual warfare stuff. And she said that our school was the most detailed school that she'd been in the most thorough school that she'd ever been in. And so, we, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but we have, uh, we do Thursday night. We do about an hour and a half and Friday night, an hour and a half. And then we go all day Saturday. And, um, so if it's, I, I re- really recommend people get that, uh, listen to those schools. And what I'm trying to do is just teach people and teach them all about deliverance and spiritual warfare because, see, Whenever I got started, I had nothing. God thrust me into the ministry, and I cast a demon out of a girl. Didn't even know what I'd done, you know. And uh, uh, so 
after I'd been in it for a few years, the Lord told me, he said, start these schools and do these schools so that you can teach faithful men who can teach others and that they can take it. And I said, and he kind of like told me, he said, there's no reason for everybody else to start out where you did. They can start out where you are. And so you can, I teach you everything I've learned in 41 years of deliverance ministry. And, uh, so that you can take off with it and do it yourself. I believe every believer should be casting out demons. Absolutely. <laughs> it's the first sign indicated that fall those that believe. The question is, do people believe? Yep. If you believe, then you need to be casting out demons. Believe in what? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And so, but anyway, that's 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 why we do the schools, and we do them every other year. And uh, th- this was a this year. Uh, normally, I do it in the fall, and the Lord told me to do it early in the spring. You know, right now we're getting started in February. You know, and uh, I, I've had probably six different people who have confirmed that. By saying, you know, if you'd have done it in the fall, I wouldn't have been able to do it. But I'm so glad you're doing it early in the year. And so uh, I just thank the Lord for it. And I just pray that a lot of people will get online and uh, get the information. And and um, so it's, like I said, it's at, it's at $75 for each weekend. But it's that's for the whole weekend. And um, <clears throat> so anyway, that's what's happening. Fantastic. With that, uh, the microphone is yours, my friend. Welcome back. Okay. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, tonight, I want to talk to you about being to be strong in the Lord. You know, Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And you look at that and you say, Oh, yeah, man, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But how do you do that? How do you do it? That's what you want to look at. So let's go to James 4, and uh, we're going to look at some scriptures here in James 4, 4, 7, 4 through 7, okay? Uh, James 4, 4 says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You know, it's really interesting. I was reading something the other day about a praise and worship leader in a very, uh, very big church. And she said that she just loved Taylor Swift. Well, I thought, how can you be a praise and worship leader in a church and love something as demonic as Taylor Swift? You know, that just didn't make sense to me. That's trying to be a friend of the world. And, and it, the Bible clearly says, if you want to be a friend of the world, you're making yourself an enemy of God. And so, I, people, we, we have to look at this. He has told us, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But if we're wanting to be a friend of the world, we're not going to be strong in the Lord. In fact, we're an enemy of God. And he said, do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? <clears throat> no. What that is, is that the Holy Spirit dwells in us as believers. And the Bible says that the world is groaning for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. And so they're wanting to see us 
and we're wanting to be friends with the world. I mean, I'm not, but there's a lot of the people in the church that's wanting to be friends of the world. I'm talking when you begin to be friends with the world, <clears throat> the world has no place to go to. See, I, I always liked the fact that some of the politicians have talked and, and some of the people have talked and they've, they've interviewed refugees from Cuba. And they said that whenever Castro was taken over in Cuba and overthrown and they had that revolution and everything and Castro took over power and the communists come in like that, he said, we fled to America. He said, Right now, the d direction America is going, it's going down the same tubes of socialism, Marxism, and communism. And he said, the problem is, there's no place to run to. See, folks, the world is looking for some place to run to, and they're waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. And that's why the Holy Spirit on the inside of us is yearning jealously because he wants to manifest to the world. And the world, a whole lot of the church, is trying to act like the world. They're ordaining homosexuals, and they're bringing you know, homosexuals in as, as preachers and stuff. That's, that's world stuff. That's not God's stuff. And they're, they're becoming, they're an enemy of God. You know, it just blows my mind. And it says the Holy Spirit is yearning jealously in us. He wants to manifest himself to the world. You know, but he says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Well, you look at that. You know. There's a lot of Christians, they're just so full of pride. They think they got it. They, they think they know better than God. They don't have to follow God's work because they got their idea. They know what they're going to do and they're going to do it their way. And then, then they want to think, Oh, the devil's just a fighting me so hard. No, it's not the devil, folks. If you're walking around in pride, it's not the devil resisting you. It's God. You're trying to fight against God. And let me tell you something, folks. You will never win that battle. You will never win that battle. I was in there. That was the way I was. I was an alcoholic, and I was a proud man. And I never won that battle until I humbled myself before God. And then, and then he set me free from alcoholism and all the other stuff and the pride and everything else. But let me tell you something. If you're walking around in pride thinking you're something really great, it's God that's resisting you, not the devil. And it says, but he gives grace to the humble. And then we got James 4, 7, a very famous scripture that a whole lot of people want to quote. And most people quote it wrong. Most people quote it this way. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And they leave out the first part. The first word in James 4, 7 says, therefore. And every time you see therefore in the Bible, you have to read up above to see what therefore is therefore. Okay. And you see that therefore. And he said, therefore, submit to God. The reason he said, therefore, he said, because God resists the proud. And he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, Submit to God. Resist the devil, 
and he'll flee from you. You know, I just got done mentioning a while ago, and Shannon agreed with me that Mark 16, the first sign of a believer is that he'll cast out demons. See, and, and we look at that, and we are supposed to that do that. That's what we should be doing as believers. He's given us that authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, all that stuff, see? And, and so that's there. But if we don't submit to God, you're not going to resist the devil. You might re- try to resist the devil. He's not going to flee from you. He doesn't care. You don't worry him. Because you do, if you're if you're not submitting to God, then you're into the pride. God's resisting you. He's not working with you and helping you. He's resisting you, and the devil's going to laugh at you. Demon's going to laugh at you. See, you cannot do deliverance with pride in your heart. And we're going to get to that a little bit later in how Paul talked about himself. But I want us to look at this. He said to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And James tells us we cannot be a friend of the world. We cannot be a proudful person. We have to submit to God. Then we can resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Now, let's go back to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, my brethren. Well, if he says finally, then obviously there's a whole bunch of stuff up above there that he's already told us. And what that is, you go back all the way to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, the 21st verse, all the way to the end of the chapter. It's talking about husbands and wives and how they're to treat each other. How, you know, the wife is respect the husband, the husband's to love the wife, <clears throat> all that. And, you know, submit to one another out of reverence for the Lord. And, and all, from Ephesians 5.21 to the end of the chapter, it's all talking about how husband and wife is supposed to act towards each other and treat each other. And then Ephesians 6 first starts out with, children, obey your parents. <laughs> See? So now he's talking about husband and wife. Now he's talking about children. And then he starts talking about slaves and, and people who work for other people, you know, working for masters, you know. And that, that we're not slaves and masters today, but we're employees and employers. How we treat our employers, how our employees treat their employees. And so he's saying all that. He's telling us all these ways that we're supposed to be living. And then he said, finally. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. If you're not treating your wife right, you're going to have a hard time being strong in the Lord. See? Because the devil's going to know how you're treating your wife. He's going to laugh at you. See, if, if a kid is in rebellion, they have a hard time with, with situations. So this is what I'm saying. We've got to get all this other stuff right. And then we finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. <clears throat> and he says, how we do that? Well, strong in the Lord. I, 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 I told the church this. I play softball. In the summertime, you know, uh, I play softball. I play in two different leagues, and I play on a tournament team. I travel. And uh, uh after the first of the year, our tournament starts in the middle of March. So I got January, February, March. 
that I go to the gym and I work out and I get, I build my muscles up and it's not so that I can, you know, be buff and everything. No, it's kind of a preventative thing. It's I'm working out so that when I start playing softball and start throwing the ball and diving for ground balls and sliding in the base and stuff like that. Yeah. I still do that at 76 years old, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, but you know, I, I, I do that for preventative measures. Well, we're going to look at some preventative measures that can you can do, some things you can do to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Okay? So, finally, after we've gotten our, our, our relationship with our wife, our spouse, our children, our employers, all that, we've got all that straightened out, <clears throat> living in the right way, we're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So the 11th verse says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. There's a whole lot of people that they don't, they don't get into the spiritual warfare stuff and they don't get into all that spiritual stuff, you know, and and he says, put on the whole armor of God that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. The, The devil has a lot of wiles, a lot of tricks, you know, he's got a lot of tricks, try to trip you up and everything else. And see, when we have the armor of God on, we can do that. And see, when he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, the 12th verse says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. <clears throat> we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You know, I, whenever people come into my office if I'm starting to work with someone and they starting to manifest, I tell that devil, shut up. I said, shut up. You know, shut up and sit down. I had one little girl get up, get mad and get up and going to walk out. I looked at the devil and I said, sit down. She sat back down and we cast that thing out of her and she got set free. Say, I don't put up with manifestations of demons. I have authority over those things. Only through the Lord, by being strong in the Lord. It's not me. It's being strong in the Lord, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. My, when I put somebody, I take someone in my office, I close my office door, and I always have an intercessor with me, okay? And so, but that door is never locked. If they, if they just don't want to do this, they can get up and walk out. I don't hold anybody. I don't hold anybody down. You know, there's been pastors that have, have locked people in a room and held them down and everything else, and they get arrested for illegal incarceration and, and you know, assault and stuff like that. I'm not going to do that. No. Uh-uh. I have authority over those things. And if a person comes in and truly submits to go through deliverance, then they have the authority, too, because they're agreeing with me. Any two agrees touching any one thing, it shall be done by our Father on earth, uh, in heaven. Amen? So we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And so that's what I want us to look at. It's a spiritual battle. It's not a flesh and blood battle. Okay? And so, therefore, he says there in the 13th verse, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all 
to stand. You know, take up the whole armor of God. We're going to look at all this armor we're going to be putting on. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That means the enemy is going to come against you. It's it's a given. We know the enemy is going to come against us. We know whenever we start dealing with the demonic and start doing these kind of things, the the battle steps up a little bit because he's going to fight someone that can take authority over the demons, get them out. He'll fight them more than he will a guy that just goes to church and sits on the pew, doesn't do anything, you know. So we know that the battle is going to be there. But he's saying we may be able to withstand an evil day and having done all to stand. It's it's amazing when we've done all to stand. That means when it's all done, all the smoke clears and everything else, I'm still standing. And so he's saying here, if I've submitted myself to God, I've got all my life in order and everything else. I resist the devil. He'll flee from me. And whenever all the smoke clears, I'll still be standing. That's what he's saying right here. Having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Now, folks, this is what I want you to look at. I want you to think about this. Girding your waist with truth. What is around your waist there? Okay? Your waist. That's where your reproductive organs are. Okay? Male and female reproductive organs are right there around your waist. And you're, where you're going to have that girded up. And so, what's he saying? Gird it with truth. Truth. So, here's what I want you to look at. <coughs> Excuse me. Everything that you produce should be of truth. Everything that comes out of you, that's produced by you, should be truth. Whenever you speak, you speak truth. When you tell somebody you're going to do something, you do it. You speak truth. Okay? You have your waist girded with truth, meaning everything you produce is truth. Think about that. Okay? Think about what you do, what you put out. The things that you put out, the things you say, I just, I'm not talking about major things. I mean, of course, you, you, you'll think more on that, but I'm thinking about the little things. When your boss asks you what you've done, you know, what are you going to do? Whenever your, you know, your next door neighbor asks you, you know, you're going to put truth out or you're going to lie? Well, it's just a little lie. No, it's still a lie. We know what the Bible says where liars go. Amen. So I said, everything you produce, produce it with truth. And then he said, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Ooh, come on. The breastplate of righteousness. I asked people this. I said, okay. When you put on the breastplate of righteousness. In fact, I've had people come to me and say, say, uh, you know, man, you know, Man, every morning I wake up, I put on the whole armor of God, you know. I put it on every morning. I said, I don't. They said, what? You don't? I said, no. I never take it off, you know. <laughs> because the enemy's going to come at you at nighttime in your dreams. 
So you're going to have to have this armor on. We're going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later. We'll talk about the helmet. But this breastplate of righteousness, you don't take that off. You didn't put it on. The only thing you did, you believed. And the Bible says he took our filthy rags off and put a robe of righteousness on us. Amen. He exchanged our filthy robes for a robe of righteousness. We have a breastplate of righteousness. That's guarding our heart. Righteousness. It's not us. Let me tell you something. Your breastplate of righteousness is not because you're such a good person. No. No. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. No, the righteousness is from God. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Second Corinthians 5.21, folks. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It wasn't anything we did. It's because we believed. We believed in who Jesus is and what he did and who he is. And because of that, we asked him into our life and boom, he clothed us with the breastplate of righteousness not because of our works but because of what he did now we can be you know what righteous righteousness means in right standing with god now we can get out of right standing with god if we go and become a friend of the world you know like we started out talking about up here in james being a friend of the world then we're an enemy of god you know we're not in right standing with god then we got a whole lot of repenting to do on that one repenting and changing you know but the breastplate of righteousness having that breastplate of righteousness on right the breastplate it guards your heart see it's up here it's guarding your heart it's guarding all your all your inners all all your your inner parts see it's that 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 breastplate i know you all have seen it when you've seen a movie ben-hur or something you know you've seen that thing and so you know look at that but then the other one the 15th verse says and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I, I tell people this <clears throat> when I look at them. <clears throat> Hold on, let me get a drink here. <clears throat> I said, what do we think about when we get into a situation? We get into a hostile situation. What is it with our feet? You're either in fight or flight, right? <laughs> you, you know, you get in a situation like that, it's fight or flight. Am I going to run away or am I going to stand and fight? Well, if we have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, we don't have to run away. But here's what I like about it. <clears throat> I always give this illustration because I liked it. Back years ago, there was a movie called Billy Jack. Billy Jack was an Indian, and uh, it was out in a western town here in the United States. And and the people in town didn't like the Indians. They was out on a reservation, and they didn't like them. But Billy Jack would go into town, and, and he ended up. He's getting in fights with all these guys all the time. There's always, and one time he was in the in the in the city square there, in in the little park, and uh, the 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 main bad guy, he was the he was kind of the wealthy guy. He was 
running all you know everybody was looking up to him because of his money and everything but he he thought he was such a bad guy and he he confronted billy jack in the park <clears throat> and billy jack was a martial arts thing you know he was a he was all that martial arts fighting stuff you know and he's that the, the, the bad guy told billy jack i'm going to do this 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 and this and this and what are you going to do Billy Jack's standing there, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have his shoes on. He's barefoot. He says, "I'm going to take this right foot of mine, and I'm going to put it right upside your head." And then he proceeded to whack, kick him right in the side of the head, and knock him down. And he just stood there in peace. He had all the peace in the world. He wasn't worried about a thing. He knew what he was going to do. He knew what it was going to happen, and he did it. And I'd say. <clears throat> We have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We know we've won the battle already because Jesus stripped them of their authority and made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. Because of what Jesus did, we can walk in peace knowing <clears throat> that if God be for me, who can be against me? Amen knowing that he's given me authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm me. I can walk in peace no matter what situation I get into. And that's what he's saying. You have your shot, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You got to know it, though. You got to know the gospel. And then he said, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, folks, this is what I look at. The shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. <clears throat> the shield of faith. Now, we live by faith, not by sight. Now, here's what I want us to think about. I don't know if you, any, if you all know this or not, but the Roman soldiers used to have these shields that they would... They would bring them, and they'd stick them down in the ground. These shields were about eight foot tall and three to four feet wide. Big old shields. And it stopped all the arrows that was flying. They could stand behind that and it shield them from everything. Well, that's the shield of faith we've got. We've got one just bigger, as bigger than that, you know. We've got a shield of faith. We get into the Word of God. You study the Word of God. You get into that. And, and you and and it builds your faith, and 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 I've talked before about I, I talked just a few weeks back. I preached a message about have the faith of God, out of uh, out of Mark twenty one, uh, Mark eleven twenty one, and, and uh, where it says most Bibles it says have faith in God, but it's but the Geneva Bible says have the faith of God, and I talk about how. We do. We have the faith of God because he gave us, every, he gave everyone the measure of faith, Romans 12, 3. And so we want to look at that. And, and so, you know, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to give you some things here that, that will help you. But we have the faith of God. We have that shield of faith, which will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. God is on our side. When we submit to God, he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, not our might, his might. We submit to God. We resist the devil. He'll flee from us. 
But there's a whole lot of people who don't want to resist the devil. They don't believe in this deliverance stuff. They don't believe in all this spiritual warfare stuff. Well, I'm sorry, but we're in a battle, and you're in a war. And he said, here, put on the armor of God. That's warfare stuff, and you're in it. Whether you like it or not, you're in it, okay? And so he said, this, this, this shield of faith, and, and we have it. We have one that will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Then he said, and take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. The, what's a helmet? Helmet protects our brain, right? Protects our head. You know, the helmet protects our head up here. And, and, and what, what, what better way to protect your brain, your thinking, your, your, your intellect and all that than to do what the Bible says, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. See, and, and, and that's, that's what we do. We get in, we study the word of God. We take that, and, and it begins whenever there's, the Bible says we're to take captive all thoughts, okay? Second Corinthians 10, 5, take captive all thoughts, Okay. Well, if we're going to take captive all thoughts, we have to have something to stop those thoughts. Well, the helmet of salvation is a good thing to stop a lot of that thoughts that come back. Try The enemy tries to throw those darts at you. The enemy's trying to throw those thoughts at you. And let me tell you something. The reason you don't take your helmet of salvation off at night is because the enemy tries to attack you at nighttime in dreams. He'll try to bring dreams at you and get you fearful and everything else. No, you leave the helmet of salvation on. That's going to protect your mind. It's going to protect you. It's a salvation. It's, it's the life that we have. Amen. And so then he says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Whenever we first bought the the building where we're at here in Highlands, built this property here, the church and everything on this property was it was a total wreck. We've had to remodel everything. <coughs> but the church, we had our first service October the first, nineteen ninety five, in this church here. And we started earlier on the other side of Houston, but we came over here in ninety five, and. Uh, uh, the church was a wreck. So I told the church, I said, we're going to have Nehemiah Church. And they said, what do you mean we're going to have Nehemiah Church? I said, well, here's what we're going to do. I said, when Nehemiah rebuilt the wall around Jerusalem, I said, it says they had a tool in one hand and a weapon in the other hand. And I said, you come to work, you come to church in your work clothes, okay? Wear your work clothes. We'll have church service up here. We'll eat a few sandwiches downstairs, and then we're going to go to work. And I said, you bring your Bible with you to church. That's your sword. That's your weapon. I'll put a tool in your other hand, and we're going to go to work and have Nehemiah church. We have church in the morning, work in the afternoon, building a wall. And we did that for about two months. Got to church where it was really nice shape, you know. And so, but that's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the spirit, if you'll look at all of these, this armor here, 
The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is the only offensive weapon there is. All the rest of them are defensive. Okay? It's breastplate of righteousness, girding your waist, and shield of faith, preparation of the gospel of peace, all that, helmet of salvation. But the sword of the Spirit is an offensive weapon. Remember Jesus? Remember whenever the devil took Jesus out to tempt him? Took him out there to tempt him three times? How did Jesus react to the devil each time? He said, it is written. It is written. Say, what did he do? He brought the word of God back to him. He defeated him with the word of God. And say, they can't stand. They can't stand against that. That's that's the word of God. You go with that and you take the word of God and you cut the feet right out from underneath the enemy with that word of God, just like Jesus did. And said the devil left him for a more opportune time. And so, yeah, and hey, that's what he says. When an evil spirit goes out of a person, it goes through every place and seeking rest. And in finding none, it goes back to the place he, he left, the house he left. You know, he goes back to that house. That's you. So, yeah, they're going to come back just like he came back after Jesus. But that's okay. He comes back. You resist him. He leaves again. He'll flee and run again. See, but the sword of the spirit is the word of God, and that's the offensive thing. <clears throat> so you go to him with the word of God. A lot of times when I'm doing deliverance in a session, you know, the Lord will lead me, and I'll, get, I'll have a scripture. And I'll just, I'll just read scriptures. I'll, I'll give a scripture out. You know, and, and, uh, and because why? He can't, he, he has no defense against the word of God. It's the sword of the spirit. Amen. And so then the 18th verse says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. <clears throat> Folks, there's a whole lot of the church that cannot do that right there. Oh, they can pray. And they can lift up supplication to the Lord, but they can't do it in the spirit because they don't believe in it. And you say, well, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Well, the Bible says over in Corinthians, Paul's talking. And he says, well, he says, I'm going to pray in, the, in understanding and I'm going to pray in the spirit. I'll sing in understanding. I'll sing in the spirit. Understanding is your language. Mine is English. My wife, uh, her first language was Spanish, and then it's English. She translates for the people at the church. We tra she translates, you know, and uh, <clears throat> so, uh, and then other people in all all over the world. You have your own language. That's your understanding. But praying in the spirit is praying in tongues. And it's, it, so, you know, there's a whole lot of people say, oh, no, 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 that tongue's not for today. I don't believe in that. Well, go back over to Mark 16. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. You know, they'll speak with new tongues. <laughs> yeah, handle serpents, drink any dead little thing and not harm them. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So we're looking at that. And so. There are a lot of people who say, well, I don't believe in that speaking in tongues. I said, well, then you won't do it. But here he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. This is Paul writing. 
He knows what he's talking about. He said it all over in Corinthians there. You pray in understanding, you pray in the Spirit. <clears throat> over in Romans 8, take the Romans 8, and, <clears throat> you know, most most people know Romans 8, 28. It says all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. You know, most people do that, and most people quote it in wrong ways. They quote it out of context. Because if you look at Romans 8, 26 and 27, Romans 8, 26 says, you know, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses when we know not what to pray. He prays for us with groanings that words cannot express. And he who knows the heart knows the mind of the spirit. And he prays in accordance to God's will. So what he's saying is this. Whenever we don't know what to pray. The Holy Spirit will pray for us through tongues. We'll be praying in, in the Spirit. <clears throat> we pray in the Spirit. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're saying. But in that weakness, the Holy Spirit helps us. And he knows the mind of the Spirit. He knows everything. And he's praying in accordance to God's will. So when you're praying in the spirit for someone, you're praying the perfect will of God for that situation. <clears throat> and we know that all things work together for good for those who are the called of God and who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. See, that's the next verse. So you have to look at 26 and 27 in order to get 28. Because a lot of people, they, you know, some tragedy will happen and some good, well-meaning Christian will come along and say, well, we know that all things work together for good. Well, no. My mom was killed when I was eight years old. Was that good? No. And I'm glad some Christian didn't come along and tell me that. I was going to church all the time with her. I went to church all the time with my mom. I went for about a year and a half after she was killed before I quit going to church. But if someone would have come up to me and said, oh, well, we know that all things to work together for the good, they'd say, well, yeah, that's good. you know." No, that wasn't good. It wasn't good for an 8-year-old and, a, and a, my 12-year-old brother and my 14-year-old sister to lose our mom. It wasn't good for my dad to lose his wife, you know. <clears throat> but that's not what that scripture said. That's taking it out of context. If we look at it, <clears throat> we pray in the spirit. We're praying God's perfect will. And there's been a lot of times where people, <clears throat> I talk about, you know, I went to Vietnam twice. And uh, situations over where, you know, just sure, for sure, someone's going to be, you know, going to be dead. And uh, I get testimonies of a mother back home here. Woke up in the middle of the night. Didn't know what was going on, but knew something was going on. Began to pray in the spirit for her son. And then whenever her son, and then all of a sudden, boom, her son would just, that it lifted. And he, he wasn't killed. And then they get home and they start comparing notes. And they find out it was at that time. The mother did not know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit helped her in that weakness, praying in the Spirit. So, <clears throat> praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. <clears throat> Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. 
we all ought to be speaking boldly about the gospel of Jesus Christ because the world is groaning to see the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. He said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, I want you to look at this. We've talked about how you do that. Submit to God. He gives grace to the humble. Submit to God. Then you can resist the devil and flee from him. Clothe yourself with the armor of God. But I want to share with you. I told you a while ago. God resists the proud. You know, you can't get prideful over thinking that the demons resist because of you. I mean, the demons flee because of you. And, you know, you have to do the resisting, yes. But it's not because of you that they flee. It's because you've submitted to God. You're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And he's got angels backing you up. You know, you're not in this thing alone. The the angels are fighting. I I love uh, Peretti's books. Uh, That first one, Pierce in the Darkness, I think it was. Uh, I love that book. And we got it on audio recording. And it talks about whenever the pastor of that little church would drop down on his knees and begin to pray. It said the angels in heaven, the angels in the heavenly realms would pull their swords out of their They'd pull their swords out and begin fighting the demonic forces in the, in the heavenlies. And in the recording, the auto recording, you hear that sword coming out of that sheath. Boy, amen. And you hear them fight. It is exciting. Because see why? That's why I know. It's not my power, not by my might, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And because of that, that's why... When we submit to God and resist the devil, he'll flee from us. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, this is what Paul, Paul wrote this, all this in Ephesians, right? But I want you to think, look at how he thought of himself. 1 Corinthians 15, the eighth verse. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. This is a guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This, he wrote more than all the other guys, and he says, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. This is what you want to look at, folks. You want to be doing these things here, putting on the armor of God, submitting to God, humbling yourself, submitting to God, resist the devil, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, so that his grace toward you is not in vain. He said, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. I can only do what I do by the grace of God. But, Paul wrote, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. But in Philippians 4.13, in the Geneva Bible, it says, I am able to do all things through the help of Christ, which strengtheneth me. 
It's the help of Christ. Now, you realize Christ was not Jesus' last name, okay? That was his, that was his title, Christ, Jesus the Anointed One. That's what Christ means, the Anointed One. And see, well, I'm telling you here, he says, I'm able to do all things through the help of Christ, through the help of the anointing, which strengthens me. Well, we know that God told Paul that in your weakness, my strength is perfected. My grace is sufficient for you, he said. Okay. And we also know that when we look at this, it says through that anointing, through the help of the anointing, which strengthens me, I'm able to do all things. That's what Paul was saying. And when we look at this, we look at back at what John said back here in First John 2.20. John said, you have received an anointing from the Holy One. And in First John 2.27, it says, and that anointing which you've received from him abides in you. It lives in you. And through that anointing, I'm able to do all things. Amen? Because it strengthens me. It strengthens me to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not by my, not by, not by my might, not by my power, but by the spirit of the Lord. And whenever we do this, when you do these things, you look at these things and you, you know, humble yourself and submit to God. Put on the whole armor of God and understand these things. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because, see, his might, there is no equal to his might. There is no equal. Okay? It's not, it's not a yin-yang thing here. It's not, a, it's not a good and bad, evil and good, equal forces against each other. No, no, not at all. There's no comparison. There's one God, and that, there, there's no comparison. There, devil is not a creator. He's an imitator. He's a perverter. And God is the one true God. Amen. And so, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, folks. And hopefully this will help you to to understand some things and that uh even though Paul Paul laid it all out there and everything else and he said it's only through this anointing that I can do all things because he said I'm the least of the apostles I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle and so we cannot get puffed up in pride we get puffed up in pride it's not going to be the devil fighting us it's going to be God resisting you God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. So praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. To be strong in the Lord, the title for tonight. Uh, yes. Morris, tell people once again how they can make contact with you in your ministry and they can support the work that you're doing. Okay. Our, our church is called Restoration Church. We're in Highlands, Texas. If you're anywhere around Houston area, uh, come on out, 1609 Jones Road in Highlands. Uh, phone number is 281-843-4000. Our webpage is rchighlands.com. And uh, 
I have a webpage, it's drphilipmorris.org, and on my webpage is all my materials, books, CDs, all that kind of stuff, and uh, that you can purchase there. Uh, I have the schools coming up. The first one is, is September 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. I mean, February, I'm sorry, February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And uh, so that's, uh, that's Thursday night at 7, Friday night at 7, and Saturday 10 to 5. And uh, those schools, I do four of them, basic school, intermediate, advanced, and then the, the psychological disorders. Uh, so they all build on one another. And those those schools are seventy five dollars a piece, and uh, you can go on Zoom. You can come here live to the church, or you can go on Zoom. If you go to rchighlands.com, go on there. It says on it says donate, donate. Go on that page, donate the seventy five dollars, and then there's an email address, uh, info at rchighlands. Uh, Send us an email with your name, and, uh, of course, we'll get your email address when you send that email so that we can send you the syllabus, which is it's quite a few pages. Uh, and, and then we'll also be able to send you the code that you can uh, log in and, and have that Zoom. And that Zoom is, is interactive. If you have a question during the teaching, you can type it in, and then during the teaching, I will stop. At one point, I will stop and ask for questions from the audience here in the church, and then at that time, the moderator on the Internet will read the questions from the people on Zoom, and I answer them. So it's a good, it's interactive, and, and uh, it builds, and it's a very, very thorough school. And we teach you a long time. I, I, I did this because the Lord told me to, to help other people, that they didn't have to start where I started, where I didn't have anybody, didn't know anything about what I was doing, and, uh, and made a lot of mistakes and stuff. And God said, they, people need to be able to start where you are now. So I teach people so they can start where I am now. And they don't have to go through the 41 years of experience that I've got, you know. <laughs> that is fantastic. Folks, I encourage everybody to uh, take these courses. And uh, they can sign up by going over to the website, RC Highlands. Yeah. Yes, yes. What is that complete website? rchighlands.net or .com? .com. I'm sorry. RC Highlands. Uh, Highlands is just like it sounds. High Lands, H I G H L A N D S dot com. Of course, the RCs for Restoration Church. Fantastic, uh, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to close us in prayer? Yes. Well, Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you've given us instructions in your Word. You've showed us how to be strong in the Lord. You've told us to do it, and you, now you've showed us how to do it, and in the power of your might. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to rely upon us, our own might, our own power, but we can rely upon you. We can be strong in you and in the power of your might. And so we thank you, Lord, for that. And, uh, Father, we, we thank you that you've given us authority, 
And Lord, I thank you for everyone who's listening tonight or whoever turns in later on to listen to this uh, in the archives. I just pray, Father God, that you will teach them. Holy Spirit, you're the greatest teacher in all the world. I ask you to teach them, Lord. And I ask you, Father God, to bless Shannon and Omega Man Radio. And I pray that people will send in their donations and help with the work that Shannon is doing all over the world. And so we praise you, we magnify you, and give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, my friend. Thank you for coming on tonight. I'll get this uploaded this evening. And uh, my friend, look at your schedule for February. I'm making up a schedule, and let me know what dates work for you, and we'll get you back on. Okay. Sounds good. Talk to you. Okay. God bless Love you, you, brother. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Folks, it was Dr. Philip Morris. Well, if you're just joining us tonight, we had Joseph Cohen and Pat Roach, Sabrina Sessions. That's Dr. Philip Morris. Tomorrow, we're going to be doing an early bird show at 9 a.m. Eastern. We're going to have Elvis Newhart, Michael Cummins at 10, David Majors at 11 a.m. That's our international show schedule for tomorrow. And then the evening, Speak My Word, Frank Marzullo, Doug Perry, and more. So tomorrow will be, uh, let's see, Six Show Marathon. Okay, we're going to take a break here for a second, go to a song, come back, read some word, and then close out for today. So if you want to hang around for the next broadcast, you're welcome. And I will save this now. Stand by.